share it again today uh, at this service. Some of you are going through life. Life happens, and uh, you can't stop it. You know, the Bible says you're going to have troubles and tribulations and all kinds of things. But what God wants you to know this morning is that should never drive you away from the church. That should drive you into the church. If you're going through a divorce, if you're going through life, you've lost a job, your business is not doing well, whatever those things are, those things that tend to go bump in the night, I just want you to know by the Spirit of God, don't run away from His church, run to His church. I mean, run as fast as you can. So many people lose their position in Christ because of a circumstance or a problem or a situation But I'm here to tell you this morning that if you'll just run to the church instead of running away, you're going to find liberty in your life and you're going to find peace in your life and the things you could work a hundred lifetimes to get. I promise you one moment of God's favor in your life, change your life forever. Okay. All right. Well, part two, you are unstoppable. Everybody say I'm unstoppable. That was weak, man. Shoot. You are stoppable if you're going to shout like that. Everybody say, I am unstoppable. unstoppable. You are an unstoppable force because greater is he that lives in you than the devil that lives out there. And no matter what you're going to face in your life, I assure you, you can overcome. Indeed, you have already overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. You've already overcome. But if you're not careful, your test will not become a testimony. And then you're going to be struggling in your life wondering, where are you at, God? Where are you at? Well, I'm going to give you some scriptures this morning that I absolutely assure you are going to reassure your position in Christ and define who you truly are, not just because you're great, but because of whose you are. You are Christ's. And uh, I talked about this last week, and I'll mention it again this morning You know, uh, some people uh, will call Christ their Savior, but some people will call Christ their Lord and their Savior. And there's a difference there. Pastor Matt did a great message um, on Wednesday. I'd encourage you to get online, uh, listen to that, because he really went into four different kinds of, uh, I guess, a relationship with God. And uh, where are you this morning Are you exploring God, just trying to figure out who he is? Are you beginning in God or re-beginning in God this morning? You know who he is and, you know, you're beginning again. Are you close to God this morning? You know, is he on your mind? Is he in your thoughts? Is he in your prayers? Or are you God-centered this morning? Because being God-centered means, you know, I'm no longer my own. I don't just make him my Savior, I make him my Lord. And I want to talk to you this morning a little bit more in depth about what it means to make Jesus the Lord of your life, because it's the thing that's going to make all the difference. We're going to read an entire chapter of the Bible. Some of you probably haven't read a chapter this week, but praise the Lord, you can do it. I promise you, you can do it. Uh, But we're going to read an entire chapter because it really breaks this down, what it means to live the kingdom life so that you're not just living a regular life like the world, but you're actually walking in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. 
It says, therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. This new way, you've got to realize 2,000 years ago, what I'm about to reveal to all of you and remind all of you of was a new way of living. This was a supernatural way to live. It was no longer how good I could be to, to please God in every little tittle of the law, but now it was like, wow, I'm coming out in demonstration of power because of the, the things that Christ did. So, I want you all to begin to imagine what this new way is and how you never giving up on the way that Christ is leading you can create a life worth living uh, on this earth. It says we reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. We don't try to trick anyone or distort the word of God. We tell the truth before God and all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from people who are perishing. Only from people who are perishing. It says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the mind of those who don't believe. Who don't believe what? Who don't believe the new way of living in Christ. It says, Satan, who is the God of this world, blind the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news or the glory of the good news of God that would come from the believer. It says they don't understand this message about the glory of Christ. Who is the exact likeness of God? You see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ, so Jesus, the anointed, and the anointed one is the Lord. And we preach ourselves, uh, I'm sorry, and we ourselves are servants of Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine from your heart, not from your head. Say, from my heart and not from my head. So we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We have this light shining in our hearts. We ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing a tremendous and great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power, whose great power? Our you have ownership as the son or daughter of Jesus Christ. Our great power is from God and not from ourselves. I want to park there for just a second. Because most of us live our lives based on reasoning, based on figuring things out, based on, okay, this happened in my life, so therefore I think I should do this, or I think I should do that. But how many people in this room, you don't have to raise your hand, I'll be the only one just for the sake of saving everybody else the, the shame, but how many people honestly could admit that you knew, you saw something, and I mean in the natural, it looks fantastic, right? It's like, wow, I, I'd love to do that thing. And so you can see what you could get out of it or who knows what and so you act on that thing right but at the same time you had a uh oh a check in your spirit you had a check in your spirit and you're like but it's so good and you got family and friends around you saying oh you should go do that that'd be fantastic so you do it and it fails and then so many of us turn around and we point the finger back at God when in truth you knew 
And, and this is what I'm talking about, living in the kingdom of God. This new way of living that the Spirit of God lives and abides on the inside of you, and you know the truth. You know it. Only you know it because it's your life. But if you don't acknowledge that truth in your life, you don't acknowledge that still small voice in your life, you're going to go down this road. It, you're going to be dependent on what you can do and how you can reason your way through it rather than walking in the finished work of Jesus Christ and saying no to that thing or pause on that thing and continue to do what God's told you to do. It will make all the difference in your life. This is the new way of living that he's talking about in the scripture. It says, this makes it clear that our great power is from God, not of ourselves. We are pressed on every side by trouble, but we are never crushed. You are unstoppable. It, walking in this new way of living, you are unstoppable. It says, we are perplexed, but not driven to hopelessness or despair. You see, you may not know exactly what to do when it's time to do it, but if you'll just wait on the Lord, he'll speak. And if you're finding yourself in despair and in hopelessness, you got to snap out of it. Everybody say snap out of it. You are unstoppable. It says we are pressed on every side by troubles. We are not crushed. We are not crushed. We are perplexed but not driven to despair. You are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not utterly destroyed. Listen, at the end of the day, if you want something in your life, and you know it's God, right? And I mean, you're just being pressed on every side. Things are just going bump in the night. It doesn't see, I mean, you're not even seeing the light of day. What I'm telling you this morning is, is it's, it's not about whether or not you're going to make it by the hair of your chinny-chin-chin or make it by a mile. It's about the fact that you're going to make it. At the end of the day, if you get to where God wants you to be, who cares if you had to climb 15 mountains to get there? Praise the Lord, you got it. You obtained it by your faith. And there's nothing that can stop that. There's nothing that can prevent that because it's God's will for your life, your faith, your corresponding action to do whatever needs to be done. I'm not going to get hopeless. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'm going to continue to walk as if it's already done because in truth, it is already a finished work. It is already a finished work. It says, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus, so that the life of Christ will be evident in our dying bodies. Listen, some of you waiting to get to heaven to get the glory of God, I'm telling you, it's right here, right now, ready to go, and you just walk in it. You don't get confused any longer. You don't allow what's out there to continue to influence what's in here. You reverse it. What's in here starts to influence what's out there. And that's what the kingdom of God is all about. It's the glory of God coming out of you, emanating out of you. It's like you're walking, you're, you're one of these bubble boys. Praise the Lord. You, you, you got this protection that's all around you. It's the supernatural power of God. Nothing can stop it. Nothing can prevent it. And all you have to do is walk in that thing. And when God says go left, go left. 
says, go right, go right. Again, let's not just make Jesus our Savior. Let's make him the Lord of our lives because that's where this power is going to come from. It says, but we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. I believe God so much that I'll speak over my own life to direct its affairs and it will obey. We know that God who raised Jesus from the Lord Jesus will also raise Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. All, all of the works of Christ, all of the things that you're going to experience in this supernatural realm are for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. So what happens is you become a vessel of God's glory, living in this new way. And as you're doing that, that's actually touching the lives of other people. They're getting the same glory. That's emanating from them. And now that glory comes full circle all the way back to the Father and brings Him glory. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. And it says, and God's grace reaches more and more people in more and more glory. And that's why we never give up. Give up on what? On this new way of living. It's a completely different mindset that says, I, that is not a fact. What I'm experiencing is not a fact. What is a fact is the presence of God in my life that I've received through the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And now whatever I say, anything I ask in his name is done. He will do it. He'll do it. But so many times the circumstance becomes the Lord of our lives rather than Christ being the Lord of your life. And I'm preaching to myself this morning. Through our body, though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every single day. You see, it's a supernatural life. It's not about I'm tired today, I'm weak today, I'm this today, I, I did a bad thing today, I saw, said a bad word today. Listen, your sin can become the Lord of your life too and drive you right out of the church. It can. You'll condemn yourself rather than be convicted. The conviction of God is what I'm talking about. I am convicted by God to do what he's asked me to do, and I am not going to give up on that until he says go another way. What I'm talking to you this morning about is more real than the reality in which you are living right now today. What I am telling you this morning is the reason that Jesus came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. More abundantly than what? More abundantly than the world and its system and my reasoning and my ideas and my credentials and my experience and whatever. Throw it all away. Because none of those things are eternal works. What I'm talking about this morning are eternal works and we're going to get into that in a moment. It says, for our present troubles, 
And, and when, when he's speaking here, he's talking about big problems and small problems. But the truth is, for our present troubles are small. They're, they're insignificant. And they won't last very long when I'm walking in this new way. Yet they, what it says is, yet they produce for us a glory that is that vastly or immensely outweighs the little problems in your life and they're all little problems and this glory will last forever so as you're overcoming every obstacle in your life the glory that's being revealed that is actually influencing those things is going to last forever and ever and ever. Your reasoning right now and how you're trying to figure everything out and try to do the right things and work in your own effort and work twice as hard as everybody else and not hear the spirit of God, I'm telling you those are works that are going to be dashed down. They're not going to stand the test of time. But the works that you'll do under the influence of the anointing of God, they're going to last forever. I assure you, you'll get to heaven and your father will look at you and he'll say, well done. Well done, my good and faithful servants. You served me. I was your Lord. You tuned your ear into the conviction in which I was speaking, and you manifested things beyond your wildest imaginations, beyond things you could have ever asked or thought in your own reasoning. You did that. And these are the eternal works that you'll come before God. And say, I mean, he'll look at you and say that word, those words, well done, well, well done, well done. There's another scripture in the Bible. And there was a man who went to heaven, and he said, Lord, I did this in your name, and I did that in your name, and miracles and signs and wonders and blah, 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 and I did all this stuff. And God, here's what he has to say, and he says, get away from me, you worker of lawlessness. I never knew who you became. You never tuned in to the Spirit of God. You never made me the Lord of your life. Yes, you, you were passionate about salvation. Yes, you are here in my presence now. But you did not listen. You did not heed to my voice. You had good works, but your works without the faith in the promises of God led you to a place that I didn't know where you went. I didn't know what you were doing. And there were warning signs along the way. You know, so many people will see a pastor up on a stage, oh, I want to be a pastor, oh, I want to be a pastor, until you become a pastor. And, you know, we kind of facetiously laugh a little bit, but I'm telling you, it's a, it's a, real, it's a real weight. It's a real responsibility. And if you would just accept the responsibility that God has for you in your life and do that with all your heart, you'd have more than enough. And I mean, you could be the person on the stage doing something else. I'm just telling you, God's got a plan for your life, but you've got to tune into that still small voice. You've got to recognize there is a new way of living that Christ made a way where there seemed to be no way. That exists. I wish some people could just like, Jump into my body and experience what I experience on a, on a daily basis. I don't depend on what the world can do for me. I don't depend on the government or the, you know, the economy or whatever. Do I look at those things? Do I let God speak to me through those things so I can, I, I can leverage those things properly? Yes. But whether those things come or whether they go doesn't influence me. 
I am the bubble boy. I am. I, I'm the bubble boy. And I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I may get upset for a moment. I may get concerned for a moment, but praise the Lord, I'm coming right back to center. I am coming right back to center. I am not going to put myself in a position where I am hopeless, where I don't know how God could ever move on my life. And I know many of you think this way, but you've got to realize you're just operating from a worldly mindset. And if you just live this new way, you're going to begin to think about things in a brand new way. And you're going to be living in faith rather than in fear. The Bible says you can only please God one way. And that's by faith. If, if your life is not operating by faith, I mean right where you are in the stinkiest of stinkest, nastiest whatevers, just starting right where you stand as a man or a woman of God, and you say, oh, I don't know if I'm a man or a woman of God. Yes, you are, because God said you are. So you just got to catch yourself up. You got to catch yourself up and you've got to renew this mind to say, no, 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 I'm not going back down that road again. I no, I that's not me. That is not me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm a brand new creation in him. And that brand new starts right now. And not even two seconds ago. It starts right here, right now. And I'm going to get a mindset where I begin to operate in this life that Paul is, is writing about in 1 Corinthians and say, I have been given this new way of living. And I could stand up here till I was blue in the face and teach you about this and show it to you in the Word of God. But if you never take this thing and you never apply it to your own life, you'll miss the boat. You'll, you'll allow religion to replace relationship, and I'm telling you, religion is a, <laughs> I put it on Facebook this week, I don't want to tick anybody off this morning, but religion is an antichrist spirit. It is, because, and here's why, here's why. At the end of the day, if you need religion to have a relationship with God, something's really wrong. Something's really wrong, and that is an antichrist spirit motive that would say, well, you got to do it this way, and if you don't do it that way, then you don't qualify. No, you qualify because you declared out of your mouth that Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and I depend on him, and he said that I can come boldly before the throne of grace. I'm telling you. It's too many times we're beating ourselves up because we're not measuring up to someone or something. And yet Christ is going, no, come on, brother. Come, come on. Come on. Come on. In spite of your sin, in spite of your failures, in spite of all, all that stuff. I've overcome sin. I've overcome death. I've overcome everything. Just come on. You don't need anybody's permission but mine. Come on, come on, come on. I just hear Christ calling us, calling us, calling us. Verse 18, it says, So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be yet seen. 
For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. The things that the glory of God will do versus your reasoning are going to last forever and ever. These are going to be works of righteousness that you did, not of your own power, not of your own reasoning, not of your own ideas and your own credentials, and so on and so forth. No, no, no. I turn my back to that, and I follow or I pursue who I am in Christ And those are the eternal works. I promise you, you're going to stand before God. It ain't going to be you sitting at a desk, you know, clickety-clacking or cutting grass or whatever it is that you do. You better be doing all those things by faith and expecting a tremendous harvest because the omnipotence of God is preceding you. Every single thing you put your hands to is blessed of God. Everything, I mean, when you go on that job, you should have that mindset already. Praise the Lord. I am here and I am on assignment. I don't have a job. I have the job. I don't work for this company. I work as under the Lord. You see what I mean? And it's just a whole nother mindset where your, 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 your income can go up. Where, I mean, where special favor starts to unfold, where all of a sudden you meet someone because you did what God told you to do and you didn't run off and do the other thing and you're standing right here and you're wondering, well, God, there's nobody here. What's going on? What's happening? Hey, over here. Oh, hi. And a divine connection pops up. I have had so many divine connections in my life, it would scare you to listen, to hear what God did on my behalf in spite of my own stupidness, in spite of my own falling short of the glory of God. But I refuse to live that way. I don't identify with my sinful nature. I identify with who I am in Jesus Christ. He's the author. He's the finisher of my faith. He knows the beginning from the end, and I I don't. I have to willingly admit I don't know everything I need to know except for when I need to know it. That's what that divine connection is all about. 1 John 2, 18. It says, Dear children, the last hour is here. Treat every day as if it's your last day. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming. And already many such antichrists have appeared. If you're waiting for someone to show up to be the antichrist, it says right there he's already here. You you don't have, listen, anything that opposes Christ, anything that opposes, and, and, and this new way of living, anything that opposes that is an antichrist spirit. I know that was weak, but I'm telling you. When you can grab a hold of this, you can start to go like, wow, like that Antichrist spirit influences me. I can't believe God for his word that it says this. That is an Antichrist spirit working against your life that, by the way, you already have authority over. You've got to renew that mind. You guys, oh, no, no, no. No, I don't, I'm not going to listen to that because that opposes what, what God's word says over my life. These people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us in this new way of living. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. But you, everybody say, I am not like that. I'm not like that. 
for the Holy One has given you His Spirit, and all of you know the truth. And every single one of you in this room, you know the truth. You know when God told you no. You know when God told you to do something, and you didn't follow through. You, how many people know? You know the truth. You are the governor over your own life, and you're going to choose what God says to do, or you're going to choose something else. And when you choose something else, you're going to have to settle again for just what you can produce of your own self rather than just doing the thing that God called you to do. I'm telling you. And when you do that, you're creating, you're activating the divine nature inside of you. I mean, watch out. God is going to bless your life. He's not against you. He's for you. It says, so I'm writing you not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the differences between the truth and the lies, don't you? And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ, the anointed and the anointed one. Hear this, hear this. Anyone who says that I don't believe that that scripture applies to my life. Whatever it is that is missing, whatever it is that's broken in your life, you've got to renew your mind to walk in this new way to say, oh, wow, you know, like, wow, I don't think I could do that, but wow, Pastor Paul told me I could live this new life that Christ made a way for me to operate in, and if I could find the scripture in the Bible, then I could apply that to my life, and then I, I could hear the still small voice, and then I'd be doing things that I'm not doing right now because I'd be led and guided by the Spirit rather than my flesh. It says, this is the fellowship we enjoy, the eternal life he promised to us. I am writing you these things to warn you about those who want to lead you down another path. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives, he lives, he lives, he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true, do you? You know, you know, and you got you to take that seriously. You know. And all I'm, all I'm asking all of you to do is take what you know. Just, just take that little bit, and it's always something, it's not some big, you know, big, big deal. It, it's something little, but man rubs your flesh the opposite way. And, and you just follow through with that thing. And what I want to tell you is when you're obedient in these little things, he's going to make you ruler of great things. But you'll never get to the great things of God without managing these little things. The things that you already know. The things that you already know. It says, but you've received the Holy Spirit. He lives within you, so don't, you don't need anyone to teach you what's true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know when you need to know it. It's on a need-to-know basis. He wants faith. He wants patience. And what he teaches is true. It's not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in the fellowship or the new way of living in Christ Jesus. And you just start putting exclamation points on the back of everything that you're doing for Christ. I can just see somebody journaling over here. 
You need to start putting exclamation points at the ends of your sentences. I am committed to this, exclamation point. I am committed to this, exclamation point. You got to let God know you mean it. He's looking at your heart. He's not looking at your head. He knows what you already believe, and he knows where you need to go in your beliefs to really walk in this new life. John 16, 31 says, Jesus asked, do you finally believe? But the time is coming indeed, which is here now, when you shall be scattered. Each one is going his own way, leaving me, Jesus, alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. You may have peace in this new way of living in Christ, right? Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Galatians 5, 16 through 25. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. That's the Lordship of Jesus Christ. It says, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. That's the reasoning. That's the worldly system. That's 2 plus 2 equals 4 rather than getting into quantum dynamics. It just the supernatural just doesn't care about the math anymore. It just does it. It, it supersedes the natural, okay? It says the, supernat- uh, the, the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants you to do. You know the truth. You do. The Spirit gives us the desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Those two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. How many people know you can do good, good works in the world? You can just be a good person and, that, you know, go to church a couple times a year, Easter, Christmas, you know, a couple times, you know, praise the Lord and do your, your cross on your chest. And you, you, can, you can be a good person. You, you can, you know, not cuss and swear. If somebody needs help with their car, you go over and fix it for them and help them out. You can be that good guy, that good lady. It's not about your good works. But when you are directed by the Holy Spirit, you are not under any obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Watch out. You know, if if you're not operating by the Spirit, you're operating by something else. And here's what I know about the devil. The devil will take you further than you ever thought you would have gone. And, and he's going to drop you like a bad habit in your own problems and your own situation. But here's how that begins to unfold. So they're very unclear. So your sinful nature will produce sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I'm talking about this life. 
You should be living in the kingdom of God in this life. I hope you guys are getting that. Like, there's two different ways to live. You can live by your sinful nature and get the results that I just read through for you because it's going to be up to you. You're not going to be under the, the lordship of Jesus Christ. You're going to be under the lordship of what come what may. And then next thing you know, you know, boo-boo, give you a call or send you a private message on, on Facebook. And next thing you know, you're in some weird relationship. Because you you, you're just not listening to the still, small voice of God. When I tell you that once you start walking in the kingdom, even you can't get in the way anymore, I'm telling you the truth. You're going to be protected from boo-boo. Boo-boo don't even stand a chance. Oh, but he's so handsome. Oh, he's so cool. Yeah, boo-boo ain't cool, man, I tell you. Boo-boo going to lead you away from God, away from his church, and he's going to dump you like, like yesterday's news because he's cool, right? He's slick. Watch out for boo-boo. Verse 25. Oh, wait, verse 24. I love this. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every, hear this, it's not every once in a while, it's not when I'm in trouble and boo-boo dumped me and I, now i got to start over again, I don't know how I'm going to live another day without boo-boo. Good Lord have mercy. You can avert all that stuff. You can avert financial ruin. You can avert, I mean, your marriage falling apart. You can avert all these things if you just walk by the Spirit of God all the time. Let us not be conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of what anyone else has. Praise the Lord. They serve God. They got what they got. Praise God. I'm going to serve them, and I'm going to get what I got. That's the way the kingdom works. James 4, 7, humble yourself before God. Resist the devil. Give him no place in your life, and he will run like a sissy, whiny little baby. I mean, he won't be able to stand in your presence because you're, 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 you're now a bubble boy or bubble girl like, like I am. And you know what's cool about the bubbles? Is they overlap each other. They do, and they create a network of believers, like a church. And now you, one can put a 1,000 to fight, ten, two, I'm telling you, but you can't do it religiously, you can't do it, you know, your own way, you can't, you just got to knock all that immature stuff off. Just knock it off and let God do what God can only do. Matthew 18, 18 through 20, I tell you the truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on this earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers living this new life, right? I am there among them. I'm there. God. I'm going to close with this scripture. This is powerful if you'll catch it. 
John 21, verse 1. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciples by the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there, Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, Zebedee, the twins, the sons rather, and, the other, and two other disciples. And Peter said, I'm going to go fishing. Peter said, I'm going to go fishing. And so all the other disciples said, it's a great idea. We're going to go with you. And it says in this scripture that they went out and they fished all night long. They worked hard. They, they, I mean, they, they busted their butts, man. They worked with the equipment that they had. They used every idea they had. They, 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 I mean, all their credentials. And, man, I, I could just see, you know, one of the disciples got one of those great big marlins mounted on his wall at home. You know, he always sees that fish. You know, he caught that thing. And, you know, look at all the accomplish, uh, accomplishments we have. Heck, we even own our own boat. We own our own nets. We own all this equipment. We have all this incredible knowledge. They fished all night night long under their own power and they caught not a single fish it says that they that the sun started to rise they called it quits I could just see them there washing their nets washing their nets didn't catch a thing man where are you now God all I got left to do is wash nets that I caught no fish with. Washing their nets. And all of a sudden, the still, small voice of Jesus calls out to their boat. Still, small voice. I could imagine if they wouldn't have seen him as Lord, and I want you guys to go read this this week because it actually says that they saw Jesus and knew he was the Lord. It's key to understand that. But hadn't they discovered him as Lord? If he would have just been another person out on the seashore and just said, hey, why don't you go and cast your nets over there and you're going to catch some fish, they probably would have said, eh, I don't know. But some of you are washing your nets. Some of you are thinking, eh, it's all over. It's all done. I didn't catch what I thought I was going to catch. And I, I don't know how I'm going to you know, deal with this now. I got to go back to my family or I got to go back to my business or I got to go back to this or that or the other, all the problems that it's created and this and that. But I want you to hear this morning Jesus calling out, saying, I want you to stop washing your nets. I want you to cast them out right where you are. And it says, actually, in the scripture, they were only about 100 yards away from the shore. They weren't out in deep waters. They weren't out in the best fishing spots. They, they were out there about 100 yards from where they docked the boats. There ain't no fish where they docked the boats. But they heard the still, small voice of a man Jesus that pricked their hearts and immediately they recognized it as the Lord and instead of 
washing their nets, instead of calling it quits, they said, you know what, we're going to throw our nets out again. And they threw that net out there, and it says that they had to call the other ships around them to help them pull all those fish in. And it says that their net did not break, which means that they had so many fish in there that their concern could have prevented, hear this, their concern could have prevented them from pulling those fish into that boat, but they finished their course. They, they heard the still small voice of God and they acted as if nothing else mattered. All their failures all washed away. Behold, all things became new. Everybody bow your heads this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you for every single person in this place, Lord God. I thank you that they can live in this new way, that you have made a way where there seems to be no way. I thank you that the Holy Spirit lives and abides in them. I thank you, Father God, that the conviction of the Holy Spirit is not there to condemn them. It's there to lead them and guide them and to cause them to become all that they can become in you. And I thank you that that glory be so expressive out of these vessels in this house this morning, that they're no longer going to be tossed to and fro with how the world operates, but they're going to be tossed towards the things of God. And that, Father God, those this morning who are washing their nets will once again hear the voice of God in their lives. And not only will they hear it, but they'll overcome all their failures and all the things that would say, no, maybe not. No, maybe it won't work. Hey, I've tried that before. Hey, it didn't work out the way I wanted. Hey, and all that reasoning would just begin to fall away and they will hear the Lord's voice. And they will know the truth. They already know it in their hearts. And they'll be faithful to do what you've called them to do. Thank you for your presence in their life. And I thank you for the harvest that will come as they walk in this new way. This new way of Christ. The kingdom of heaven in operation in their lives and in all the lives that they will come in contact with and how this will begin to overlap and overlap and grow the kingdom of heaven. Grow your church, Father God, to lead us into the saving knowledge that we need to overcome every obstacle in our lives. I thank you that we are unstoppable in you. Some of you need to get your hearts right with Christ this morning. Some of you need to come back to him. Some of you need Christ for the first time. Wherever you're at, we're going to say the sinner's prayer together this morning. We're going to confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Say this prayer together with me this morning. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. Direct my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your heads bowed for just a moment, eyes closed. If you said that prayer this morning, you meant it with all your heart. Just slip up your hand this morning. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those hands. I see that hand. Hallelujah. The presence of God just so strong in this room this morning. 
Holy Spirit, we thank you and we praise you for those who have rededicated and those who have come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ this morning. I thank you that they make you not only their Savior, but their Lord. And I thank you that as they do that, Father God, all of their circumstances, all of their situations will begin to change. How they see you and how they trust you will go to another level. And I just thank you, Father God, for touching every person in this room with your glory and your presence. In Jesus' name I pray and all God's people said, amen, amen. Hey, there is a uh, card there for salvation in the seat in front of you. Be so kind to fill that out. You can come up here. We have prayer partners here. They'll give you a Bible. They'll pray with you. And uh, otherwise, go out, tell someone about Christ, and bring them to church. God bless you all.